Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode number five of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's a little gloomy outside. It's gloomy, but trying to be sunny, but trying to rain. Mm. And we need the rain, so let it rain. But I'm good overall. Good. Good to hear. You? I'm okay. Should we just jump right into just the topics? Okay. okay. Jump right in. The, the reason I'm just okay <laughs> is... Um, uh, let's start with our NaNoWriMo updates. Um, my update is, is that I don't have any updates. I am at exactly the same word count as I was last week, which is zero, unfortunately. Um, so there you go. I don't really have uh, a whole, you know, parcel of excuses or anything. Um, you plotted. Be fair, you did plot. You wrote a blurb. I wrote a really awesome blurb. You really did. Frank, I like it. Frankly, that I'm excited about. So I am still excited about the project I have planned, and I am excited about the prospect of Nano. I have just had an incredibly slow start. So that's where I am. Where I You've been, frankly, kicking ass. I've been in some kind of turbo mode. Yes, this week so far. Um, I've been averaging rough over 2,000 words a day. Um, I think the, the low mark might have been like 20, 21 in one day. Um, I stand as of today, and I have not written today yet. This is Sunday. Um, I stand at around 18,000 words mm-hmm. uh, so far, which I'm really happy with. Uh, as I mentioned last week when we were talking about plans, I've got to travel for work the week of the 16th. So all this turbo stuff that I'm doing right now could just get me back to where I'm on track because of what will go down in that week. Um, The sprinting method has really worked well. Most of the words, I kick them out uh, between about 6 and 8 in the morning doing four sprints of 20 minutes. And in those, I think I'm averaging on general right around 620 words overall. Uh, I have had some that are up in the 700s. I've had others that are in the mid-500s. So it, it's a balancing act there. But I have been kept, I've kept going really well. Yesterday I did six sprints because I did sprints in the morning, and then I sprinted with my writing group in the afternoon. So that actually moved me to being a whole day ahead even. You sprinted while I took a nap. Yeah. <laughs> That's, fair, fair enough. That, that explains so much of the situation. And yeah. I'll throw in the, the, the other writing stuff I did this week is I had two projects to look at in edits. Um, I did a galley look at uh, Holiday Hotel Hookup, which is part of Dream Spinner's advent calendar called Sleigh Ride this year. Uh, I will put a link to Sleigh Ride in the show notes because Dream Spinner is running a great uh, pre-order sale on it mm-hmm. uh, right now. That If you're going to get all the entire package, which is 30 stories... Uh, you get a good deal on it if you pre-order before. I think you have to pre-order before Thanksgiving to get the good deal. So I'll link up to that in the show notes. Uh, the other story I was working on uh, was a final edit pass at A Sound Beginning, which is a short that I'll have coming out in February from Pride Publishing, my first go at uh, being a Pride Publishing author. So looking forward to that. Yay. Yay. 
writing career on the go. I should hope we have. It seems that way. It it feels pretty good right now, uh, where things are. It's been a good week. So, uh, since we're talking about uh, Nano, uh, this is something that we, you know, touched on last week. Uh, Something else that we mentioned last week was my birthday weekend. Uh, This past Wednesday was uh, my official birthday. Yay! Happy birthday! Thank you. Um, I was a little bit in a funk on Wednesday. Um, And it's not because I have a problem with getting older. The the last time I freaked freaked out about getting older was when I turned 28. And for some reason, um, it triggered something and I freaked out because I was in now officially in my late 20s. I was no longer in my mid-20s. I was in my late 20s, which meant 30 was just around the corner. I remember freaking out that year, uh, and I haven't freaked out since then. So I, the problem, I don't have a problem with getting older. I think um, the last couple of years I've been funky on my birthday. Uh, not the good kind of funky. <laughs> the, <laughs> sort of down in the dumps, uh, suffering from ennui kind of funky. Um, because um, there are several big events that kind of happen right in a row. Uh when my birthday rolls around. The first one is uh, every year we go to GRL. Uh, The second is uh, NaNoWriMo starts, uh, and then my birthday uh, comes up on the 4th. Now, uh, those things are, for me, they are a measure of where I am currently and where I uh, hope to be in the following year. I'm, I'm not explaining myself very well. You're doing good. Where okay, where most I'm, I'm getting you so far. Where where most people um, use January first as a way to re- reflect on where they have been and where they want to be. That usually happens around the beginning of November for me, because. Uh, once you, you get back from GRL, you're all jazzed up and, and inspired by being around so many amazing people. But also, there's the kind of the flip side of that, where, you know, all those amazing people are doing amazing things, and, you know, I haven't done anything amazing in the last year. And to compound that, there's, you know, you know, your birthday makes you look back at, at what you may or may not have accomplished in the past year. And um, add to that the uh, added pressure of, of doing nano, which I have committed to many, many times, but have never actually won. So, yeah. I was a, f- a little bit funky on Wednesday, but I'm feeling better, and um, uh, as with, you know, in years past, um, I used the, the time surrounding my birthday to plan out the uh, following year. So I'm thinking about what I want to accomplish uh, at the end of 2015, and uh, where I want to head in uh, 2016. Uh, the reason I don't 
really, I'm not very good at articulating this, and the reason why I'm not super comfortable talking about it is because um, it's, it seems like such a first world problem. <laughs> it's like, a, oh, it's my birthday, I'm sad, or, yeah, I'm actually genuinely grateful for an awful lot in my life. I have a lot of things to be thankful for, but uh, in, in, in the interest of, of complete disclosure, um, birthdays for the last couple of years have been kind of hard for me, so I just wanted to bring that up as a a continuation of the discussion from last week. I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, I will tell the podcast audience that what you just heard from him is something that hasn't really been fully shared with me, the issues that swirl around the birthday. <laughs> I see that there's something going on, but in years of living with him, I know to not push <laughs> to get... I'm a mystery. Answer. I'm an enigma. He's a little bit of a mystery. Um, and so for him to share that here, I think, is really awesome um, to share that with the other people who may be going through some of the same stuff, whether it's around nano or a birthday or whatever. Or the holidays. The holidays yeah. can be so funky. And funk, there's that word again. Not the good kind of funky. <laughs> it can be deeply funky. It's not the disco party. No. No. So, um, yeah, if, if the holidays are hard for you out there, hang in there. <laughs> the New Year's just around the corner. Good stuff's going to happen. That's right. 2016 is going to be kick-ass. So I think one of the things that helped bring you out of your funk and added to a really good weekend that we had was that we went to the book sale! Yay! <laughs> yes, we did. Nothing makes us happier than a book sale. Mm -hmm. um, it's been mentioned... Well, it hasn't been mentioned on this podcast because we just haven't got there yet. But we live in an area that has an amazing number of independent bookstores. I can think of five off the top of my head, and I might be undercounting. Um, and a couple of those are really incredible used bookstores that carry a wonderful stock all the time. But then our local county library also does a book sale about once a, once a quarter. Um, sometimes it's bring a bag and take away books for a dollar, I think. Yesterday was a 50-cent book sale, and we both came away with four books each. We spent $4, but, you know, it goes to show that it was great that we recently bought, right after GRL, another bookcase, because we don't have enough. Um, so in my stash, and if you're on the video, you'll see them, um, I bought a couple things I didn't really need. I picked up another copy, the paperback copy of um, The uh, Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon, which is... Probably my most favorite book ever. Um, I don't reread books a lot, but I've reread this twice since I originally read it. Uh, I'm very thrilled that I own the first edition autographed copy of it. But I went for the paperback because I've always liked this cover. Um, Empire State Building, and you're getting glare on the video. There it is. Uh, just looks really great. The back cover looks very comic booky. It was 50 cents. I bought it, and I don't regret it. Picked up another Michael Chabon book, which I haven't read. Somehow this um, Manhood for Amateurs uh, came out, and somehow I missed it. I picked up the paperback at one of our used bookstores rather recently, but then this first edition hardback was sitting there in the library yesterday, and I went, eh, 50 cents, I'll buy that. Um, I've also been on a bit of a Nicholas Sparks I wouldn't say binge so much because I haven't read them yet, 
but I'm fascinated by the way that he seems to tell a story. And granted, my only exposure to his stories so far have been his movies. Uh, the Notebook, The Longest Ride, uh, the one with Zac Efron that I'm blanking on the name with. Um, and I'm sure we've seen a couple others. I mean, <laughs> Zac Efron, that's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares what it's called? And I've been picking up... We had one book in the house that I guess I think we'll pick up somewhere along the way. Uh, but I picked up A Bend in the Road and, well, The Notebook, because I really like that movie anyway, um, to see, I want to see his storytelling structure and see what it looks like on a page. Because um, I'm kind of fascinated by, at least what I see in the movies with the the alternate story that is usually a flashback to the main story, but sometimes isn't 100% flashback with the other with the characters who are in the A story. And I just want to see how that structurally lays out. So I bought some books and I plan to read them eventually. Okay, what's in your stash? In my stash, first up I have a paperback. It's called Empire. Um, no, it's not the novelization of the current Fox television hit. It is by Patricia Matthews and Clayton Matthews. Um, I am fascinated by the sort of the glitz and glamour era of um, 80s paperbacks. Uh, they were sort of personified by the stuff that um, Harold Robbins did, Jackie Collins did, those sorts of things. Um, and these really big, hefty doorstopper paperbacks were really, really popular for a time. And, and this is one of them. It's the breathtaking novel of wealth, pride, and passion on America's last frontier, which is Alaska, apparently. Anyway, I picked it up because it's really it has a really pretty art on the cover. Um, the chances that I'll ever actually read this are pretty slim, but it's a cute paperback, so I picked it up. Um, the second one I got was um, uh, Number 16 from the Destroyer series uh, called Oil Slick. Um, it's a men's adventure paperback. Um, uh, the first book in the series was made into the movie Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins. I, could, so, I didn't realize that when I was looking at that yesterday. So, yeah, I haven't ever actually read any of the books from the series, so I picked this one up. Can I just say that I love what's on the back? Uh, and again, if you're on YouTube, you'll see this. The, the the big line across the top of the back above the blurb is, It's a gas! Like, okay, there you go, oil slick. <laughs> uh, and lastly, I picked up a copy of Arthur Haley's Hotel. Um, it's a pretty raggedy old um, hardback, uh, but the cover art was uh, really lovely. And I don't actually have this particular book in my library, so I, I snagged it. Yeah, And I was encouraging on that one, because I'm like, the cover's really cool, you should get that, it's 50 cents. Yeah, so, yay, yay for book sales. Yeah. Unique, weird, eclectic things, you, you never know what you're going to find. Uh, one more thing on books that I wanted to throw out there this week. Um, I need to get better about talking about books that I've read, and this is actually one that I read many months ago, I want to say it was back, maybe even in the spring. Uh, it's a book by Becky Albertalli. Albert mm. I've interviewed her and I can't get her name right. <laughs> Becky Albertalli. It's called Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. It's a YA book um, that, as you might guess, focuses on Simon, um, who's a high school kid who has been having a 
email correspondence with someone else in his school. He doesn't know who it is. Um, they're both gay. Neither of them are out except to each other in these emails. And as the story goes on, um, Simon ends up and is being blackmailed because the email has been seen because he left his Gmail open on a public computer, which you know you should never do. Always log out. Um, and the story kind of unfolds from there as Simon deals with this blackmail issue and also trying to figure out who this other kid is because they're kind of falling for each other in the emails. Uh, it's a great book. It's one of my favorite YAs that I've read this year. Actually, one of my favorite books in general that I've read this year, regardless of genre. Um, I did interview Becky for an episode of YAA uh, back in the spring, uh, which I'll link up to in the show notes because she was a great interview. It's been great to see the book start to get some wider acclaim. It got an A a long time ago in Entertainment Weekly, which is how I found it in the first place. But it's been on the long list for the YA category of the National Book Award, which is no small you know, accomplishment. And it was just optioned uh, within the last week or so by Fox 2000 to potentially get made into a movie. And this is the same studio that did Fault in Our Stars. So they kind of know how to make this kind of film. Uh, so it's really great to see uh, a YA that has a very solid LGBT core in it get this kind of success. Um, it's also up if you're voting on the Goodreads. Um, actually, I think the first round of Goodreads closed yesterday. And I don't know how it advanced, but it was up in the YA category um, and the Goodreads Awards for the year also, which was great. So congratulations to Becky. Pick up the book. Check Amazon, uh, at least during this week, the Kindle edition was $1.99. I uh, don't know if it'll still be that price, but it's, it's worth whatever price it's sitting at. Yay for good books. <laughs> Thumbs up. Good books, yay! Yeah. Um, hmm. Awkward transition we planned here. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we try to plan out what we're going to discuss ahead of time, and yeah, I, I just don't know how to... How to what, what's the fancy word? Not transition, but... Segway? Segway, that's the word. Okay. I think we've just done it now, I, talking about the awkward segway. So I don't have a segway for this, so for I'm going to talk about webinars. Um, 2015, it seems, has turned into the year of uh, the online course. Uh, everywhere you look, uh, at least it seems to me in the writing community... Uh, everyone and their uncle is offering an online course about something. Uh, and I will freely admit that I have taken many of these online courses. And today I just wanted to briefly mention um, one that I am briefly, uh, quickly working my way through. And, and a classic one that I think deserves mentioning because it's uh, incredibly helpful to writers. It's been helpful to me and to Jeff as well. Um, first up, this past week, I was working my way through um, Tim Grawl's uh, Productive Writer uh, 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 online course, and um, he is the author of, I believe it's called Your First 1,000 Copies. Is that the name of Tim's book? I think so. Yeah. I don't... I we'll don't, confirm that in the show notes. Yeah. That, so, yeah. Um... So, t Tim knows his stuff. Uh, we've, we've read the book. Um, it's uh, really amazing. Um, we've heard him talk on, you know, several different podcasts. Uh, he's really smart. And this uh, online course is um, sort of uh, billed as 
um, a, a way to uh, write your novel in 90 days. And, and, and during the course of the course, he talks about different things like mindset and habits and scheduling and time management uh, so you can get your, your novel done uh, while working your way through your, you know, your hectic life. Um, but one thing that he said that, that struck me uh, in one of the, the later videos in the series, um, what it, the productive writer system is uh, really about, it's about creating a life that supports your creativity. Um, meaning, it's not just about... Uh, there are there are some writing programs and some you know how-to books that that they talk about your your creativity as a, a you know a delicate little flower and you have to nurture it and love it and you know all this sort of you know just crap I always roll my eyes when I hear those <laughs> sorts of things but then on the other end of the spectrum there are the 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 gurus that say you know write a thousand words every day you know put your butt in the chair do the work you know there's that sort of drill sergeant kind of thing. And um, he... The, the whole point of the program is, is uh, not about the writing craft, but about um, making good choices and building good habits so that you can express your creativity um, in a positive way. Uh, and so you don't feel bad if you don't write a thousand words every single day. Or you don't feel like, you know, someone has trampled on your proverbial garden if, you know, you get a, a wonky comment online or something like that. So I just, uh, I really enjoyed his, his course, and I'm going to go back through it and, uh, make sure and do all of the exercise and, and take uh, even more notes than I already have, because it's good stuff. Um, so that was one online course that I took recently. Um, in, the, in the past few years, it's um, create creative people, and especially people in the uh, uh, self-publishing, uh, part of the self-publishing movement, have, have moved towards um, online courses as a way to to get, you know, the information that they've learned out there. I mean, there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. Uh, a lot of them write, you know, how-to books. Um, a lot of them have podcasts or very popular blogs. And I think the recent uptick in online courses is simply an extension of, of that of sharing all of the information that is available about the industry. Um, quickly, I wanted to mention Holly Lyle, who I feel is sort of... She was a pioneer of uh, the uh, online writing courses. Way, way back in 2008, I got into the... Um, what was essentially the pilot program, the very first sort of beta test of her How to Think Sideways system. And um, it's really remarkable. I, the way she teaches is unlike anyone else. Um, uh, she's a terrific writer, 
and the way that she approaches the craft and the business of writing is really unique. No one does it quite the way that she does it. Um, so I highly recommend How to Think Sideways, um, which is sort of the, the how-to uh, writing craft workshop that she has. The second um, big temple uh, product that she has is uh, How to Revise Your Novel uh, online course, which is uh, something Jeff yeah. took. That was all kinds of brilliant. It, <laughs> it really helped me focus on the first hat trick book. Uh, I did the course working through that book um, in one of its... It was nearly... It was, actually, I think it was that edit that was the last major edit mm -hmm. that that book went through. Yeah, um, and it incorporated itself into how I write. So my edits actually go easier now after the first draft because I think about what I learned in that course as I write. Things like, you know, some, it's simple stuff, but you don't think about it until it's pointed out to you. Like, don't introduce a character or a thing somewhere if they're not going to have a purpose later. Don't throw random people in there because then your reader's like, well, whatever happened to X? Where did they go? If they're not important, you know, I've actually gone through some books because I don't use that exclusively when I write, and I'll actually excise people as I go, or even give actions that you know unnamed person doesn't use, doesn't who never shows up again. I'll reassign them to someone else who's a more consistent character in the book, just to lessen the overall cast of characters. Yeah. Um, so both of us have have gone through her programs, and uh, we both, I believe. Highly recommend her. She's yeah. uh, an amazing woman. The only caveat being is that I don't believe you can sign up for either one of them at this moment, uh, November of 2015. Yeah, she opens and closes those courses. The the Right now, she has essentially um, shut down the old website and is rebooting it back up. Uh, because um, what was, you know... Uh, fancy and cutting edge in 2008 is pretty sad and creaky by 2015. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the site has gone through numerous fixes and upgrades over the years, and I can only imagine, you know, behind the scenes the kind of cool technical, be a mess. technical nightmares <laughs> she's had to deal with in the past. So right now, the the website where she kind of stores all of her writing courses is going through an upgrade, and I don't believe you can sign up for anything at the moment. But um, in the future, once once those get back up online, um, I highly recommend checking out Holly Lyle and um, also uh, Tim Grawl. last thing we wanted to talk about this week uh, is an initiative from the San Diego Multicultural LGBT Literary Foundation. That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Uh, it's called Read Naked. Um, and it's it reminds me a lot of you know what you used to post on our blog and still do sometimes about hot guys reading books, um, and I can actually link up to those in our show notes for like the archive of those. Uh, specifically, they've got a calendar out for Read Naked for 2016, and what this aims to show uh, is that reading and literature can be sexy and fun, um, and it, their the mission of this organization is to also show that it's essential for today's young gay and bisexual men to be, you know, have a certain amount of, of literacy, um, especially not just to read in general, but to read about, you know, 
LGBT matters and to be aware of the history there. Um, to be more accurate uh, for the foundation, their mission is to preserve, promote, and teach works by LGBT artists of color and to nurture, cult nurture cultural awareness, anti-racism, and historical literacy, which are some great things um, to support. The calendar is out. They're taking orders for it now. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. So you can check out the calendar. It looks really awesome. Um, you've got uh, these really good-looking models um, who even model for things like Andrew Christian, uh, and they're paired off with either books or quotes uh, from some uh, award-winning uh, LGBT artists and authors like Richard Blanco and James Baldwin. Uh, so the calendar looks really good. We've got ours on pre-order. Uh, it might turn into artwork that goes on the door back there if you watch us on YouTube. Uh, when it gets here. Uh, so we highly recommend that people check that out and pick one up to support a good cause. Definitely. So, yeah. And I think that wraps it up for us this week. Yes? I think so. All right. So uh, you can leave us comments. We'd love to hear what you think of the show now that we're into episode five and that we're live and running. Uh, you can do so uh, on the blog on the episode page at biggayfictionpodcast.com. Or you can leave us a comment if you're watching the video on YouTube. You can also send us an email at jeffandwill at biggayfictionpodcast.com, and we'll be more than happy to talk to you there. And, of course, when you're on our website, you can also sign up for our monthly newsletter that will kick off in December with some content that I don't think we figured out yet. But we'll send something out in December. We're still working on that one. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, we'll say happy holidays in December <laughs> via some cute picture, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I think that wraps it up for this week, so we'll see you again next Monday. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. For detailed show notes, go to biggayfictionpodcast.com.